Welcome to the Lens Podcast, where we talk about current events, news, family, church, and life from a biblical worldview. We want to help people think about these things through the lens of the Bible. I'm your producer, David Wiseman, and here are your hosts, Brian and Brian. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Lens Podcast. My name is Brian Hansen. And I'm Brian Solomon. Thanks for joining us today. Brian, we're back. We are. It's been a while. It has been a while, and it's uh, good to be back in the studio and and uh, and tackle our podcast here. And so it, since it's been a, a little bit, it's been a minute since we've uh, recorded, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's good just to kind of review for our listeners uh, what we do on our podcast. So we, we essentially... Uh, look at the world through the lens of the Bible. We've got three segments in our show. Uh, we've titled those segments A View of the World, where we kind of just uh, pick out a topic, uh, something that might be in current uh, uh, events or news or whatever. And then we talk about uh, your place in the world. What does the Bible say about said topic or right. current event? And then we talk about what in the world, and that's kind of a potpourri uh, basket of goodies. We just get to choose whatever it is that we want to talk about. Uh, we kind of end our show there. But uh, yeah. Brian, take us into our topic for today. Yeah, so one of the things that came out over the weekend uh, really big was what we're going to call today the Catholic Conundrum. And uh, and that's the that's the view of the world and what is what is taking place in that and and Brian be, before we get going on this maybe it's good for us to say uh, this is not meant this segment is not meant to bash uh, Catholics per se um, uh, we we are not Catholic uh, there are some things about the Catholic Church that I I I believe are uh, contradictory uh, to the Word of God uh, but this per se is not meant to bash the church or the religion, but we're just here to point out facts as to what's going on uh, in in the church today, and uh, and so what what is taking place is uh, there's a uh, there's a a priest uh, uh, who is where is it Arizona or Te- uh, Texas I think Texas, Galveston area who really has taken a, a, a strong stand on the historic tenets of of the Catholic Church and what they have taught over over the centuries and now that the um, that the Pope and maybe maybe this is where I can say I have some differences um, <laughs> in, in the Catholic Church where I um, I I think uh, Protestants in general would say that they they don't um, they don't agree with the uh, the seat of the Pope. That's right. Where he is kind of the conduit between Jesus and humanity, right? The Vicar of Christ. Yeah. So if Christ wants the rest of the congregation or the or humanity to know something, the Pope is supposed to be considered uh, his voice box, right? Uh, and and that goes the the reason why we don't believe in that is pretty much because of first Peter chapter two, verse, uh, verse nine, where it talks about the priesthood of believers, where it, it literally says, but you are not that you are a chosen people. You are Royal priests. And he's talking here to, uh, to the nation. He says, you're a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others God's goodness, for he called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. But he says, you are a royal priest. Yeah. And just to make this distinction, 
what do priests do? They go to God on behalf of the people. And when Jesus died, when he shed his blood on the cross, and when he died, when he rose again, he was he he was the spotless lamb of God that died for payment of the sins of the whole world. So now this royal priest, we are the royal priests. What does that mean? It means that we have direct access to God ourselves. Every single believer can go to God because he is the priest. He is the one that is 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 our mediator between God and man. That's right. So so when we sin, um, our sins have been covered. If we have come to Jesus, if we have come to God through Jesus and and belief in his shed blood. Um, if, if we've done that, we can now directly, number one, we can have forgiveness of our sins, but number two is any sin that we commit, we go to, to Jesus on our own and we say, listen, I admit, mm-hmm. I know, um, I'm already cleansed, but I confess. Mm-hmm. And so that's the distinction I think between, uh, w- one of the major distinctions between the Catholic church and the Protestant church is that. So, <clears throat> so let's just get that on the table to say, we don't necessarily, well, we don't agree with all the the Catholic Church is built on, but set that aside. Yeah. Now let's just talk about the facts and what is going on. Yeah. So while we have differences and doctrinal differences between I mean, where we see the Bible and mm-hmm. um, the practice of faith in the, in the Catholic Church, we still affirm the importance of the Catholic Church in terms of how it impacts culture, yeah. uh, not just here in the United States, but yeah. really around the world. And so uh, the, the Catholic conundrum that we're talking about today specifically isn't necessarily on on uh, specific doctrinal grounds, That's but, right. but rather uh, on some of the headlines that the Catholic Church is uh, finding itself in. Um, uh, recently, uh, Pope Francis has made some statements uh, that might be intentionally vague, uh, but uh, nevertheless, they seem to to contradict historic Catholic doctrine as it relates to humanity, gender, sexuality, uh, alluding to marriage. But yes, essentially, he's he's opened the door. He's paved the way for transgenders to receive the sacraments of right. communion and, and, uh, some other things, uh, opening the door for them to become godparents. And, and, and some of those statements and positions that Pope Francis has taken has really irked a lot of conservative Catholic priests in this Catholic priest in, in, uh, Texas, and, and not conservative in the political right. uh, thought, but co- uh, conservative as in... As it relates to uh, theology. Ma- maintaining a, a historic Catholic doctrinal position right. rather than a, a, the, the more liberal uh, Catholic uh, positions, which says that uh, the, the moorings of the day, uh, the, the current... Uh, cultural positions should determine Catholic doctrine. That so, folks on the left would, uh, the, uh, in the Catholic left, theological left, would like to see some change as it relates to uh, historic Catholic teaching. The conservatives would say, no, 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 we're we're in good standing. And nevertheless, uh, this conservative Catholic priest had some not so flattering things to say about uh, the pontiff and uh, over the weekend was removed from his pastoral office in his church and uh, was dismissed. Yeah, he didn't resign. No, he was he was forced out. And so right. so that's kind of our, our view of the world that, hey, look, it seems like the, the pontiff, uh, the Pope Francis is making some statements that seem to contradict 
historic Catholic teaching. The conservative priests are saying, well, wait a second here. Uh, we seem to be throwing the baby out with the bathwater. This is uh, is not okay. But but uh, we want to move into our next segment, which is your place in the world. What does the Bible have to say about all this? So let's go there. Your place in the world. So what does the Bible have uh, have to say about its own binding authority or inspiration? So, <clears throat> Brian, let, let's just lay the foundation here. Let's lay the groundwork that we're not really interested, well, although we are interested in what uh, people say, the final authority has to come down to the Word of God. So uh, even the Apostle Paul uh, he, he told his readers, listen, test what I have to say against the rest of the authority of Scripture. Mm-hmm. If what I'm saying is wrong or if it's out of bounds, hold me accountable. Right. So in that spirit, we're having this conversation today. Right. It's not to bash somebody, but it is to say, if anybody, if you or I or a pastor or a priest or the Pope talks, it all has to be thrown up. <laughs> thrown against <laughs> the the wall or the foundation of scripture to yeah. see if if it's worthy if it's true yeah. and so with that as a context let's let's go there when when you and I were uh, driving here this morning you asked if I had heard of a theology a uh, what'd you call it liberation theology yeah I liberation think. theology. Uh, liberation theology is a is a theological grid or a way of of approaching the scriptures from a particular ideology. Liberation theology uh, is kind of a mixture of two points of view. It, it takes the, the the cultural Marxist point of view that views the world through the lens of the oppressed and the oppressors. And, uh, and says, hey, we have to change this. And so uh, we have to bring about change uh, so that the oppressed are no longer oppressed by the oppressors and that the, the oppressors are held to account. Uh, but uh, liberation theology takes that cultural Marxist uh, point of view, and, and really that was a rudimentary description of cultural Marxism, by the way, but takes cultural Marxism and weds it with some tenets of biblical Christianity and what you have as liberation theology where where Christians need to be advocating for social change, even if it requires revolution and all sorts of uh, huge cultural shiftings. Liberation theology came out of South America in the 1960s as, as a way for the Catholic Church primarily to to step into areas uh, related to poverty, uh, sexism, racism, and and all of those things that we uh, in who who uh, hold to a historic Orthodox Christian point of view would say racism is a sin. Uh, hey, look, we've we've got to be uh, generous to the poor. Uh, we've got to do those things. However, the cultural Marxists would say, uh, hey, social justice is the primary thrust of any sort of movement, and Christian who adopt those cultural Marxist points of view seem to put the gospel of Jesus Christ up on the shelf and, and try to advocate for their own social justice apart from the gospel. And if they get a chance to sprinkle in a Bible verse or two and, Oh, Hey, this is where we are now. So liber, uh, liberation theology really came out of South America in the 1960s. Well, it's interesting that Pope Francis is the first Pope from South America, namely Argentina, right. and uh, and many of the things that he is is standing on that is causing 
a conundrum of sorts within the Catholic world, seems to be on the grounds of liberation theology. And it's kind of a dry topic to, to top, talk about. Um, you don't see a whole lot of articles written about this sort of thing. Uh, in fact, most of the articles written about Pope Francis and some of these so-called progressive uh, viewpoints, he's advancing the church. Uh, really, he's departing from uh, what appears to be historic Catholic doctrine in embracing a political progressive left point of view and incorporating that into the church. And it's having an effect, and, and many Catholics are concerned about this. Yeah, and so here's what, here's what we have. We have really, I think, if you look, uh, if you look across the cultures uh, of the world today, you really get a sense of how effective has the church been in the last, I don't know, decades, um, because we see so many things that that are that are taking place that we would say are contrary to the Word of God. Now, uh, just let me deviate off this topic just briefly and say, you know, a good example of that would be what we just had here in Ohio was issue one, where it was, you know, ab- about a basically about abortion and uh, and baking it into our constitution in Ohio that it would be legal. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, disappointing for, for Christians, for believers, those who stand on the word of God, uh, to be truth, um, we're, we're disappointed that that actually passed. <clears throat> and so you look at that and you say, how in the world could we come to this point? And probably it's because the church is not as strong as maybe it once was, or it's not teaching what it once did. Uh, people aren't attending like they once did. Um, so, so with that kind of as a backdrop to say, well, how healthy is the church if the if the if the culture is going down, down, down? Is the culture speaking into this? Well, now let's come back to to this topic of what's going on in the in the Catholic religion is it seems to be that where is the strength of the church? The strength of the church is the gospel. The strength of the church is discipleship. It's in in growing people in the word of God. And once you get away from that and you just start to become a political movement, um, then, then the church... The church has actually started to dive into the realm of the political arena, to right. the governmental arena. That's not to say that the church shouldn't speak into it, but it seems like almost here the Pope is making doctrinal decisions mm-hmm. uh, that um, that are contrary right. to the foundation and the truth of ultimate truth of Scripture. Right? Yeah, I, I loved how you say that the, the the power of the church is in the gospel, and 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 I believe that 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 is true. Um, I, I think the grounds at which uh, this conundrum is taking place really sets on the on the doctrine of biblical inspiration. Yeah. And authority. Is the Bible authoritative or not? Right. And when the Pope or anyone in culture or anywhere, pastor, teacher, layperson, business person, as soon as they begin to advocate for a particular ideology that is different from God's word, we have to say, well, what's what's going, going on here? How are they viewing the world? And the reality is, is that anybody who views the world apart from the authority of God's word makes themselves the final arbiter of what's right and wrong. Mm. And that takes us back to the problem that Israel had back in the Old Testament 
when you read through Joshua and Judges, you see this phrase, particularly in Judges, over and over and over again, where it says, and the, and the people did what was right in their own, own eyes. eyes. They became what, what uh, the final say. Their word, their feelings, their opinions mattered most at that time. Big, big problem. And so for Christians everywhere, we have to stand on the authority of God's word. So even though culture is shifting from left to right, wherever it's going, we say, wait a second here. I feel the shiftings going on. Where do I turn? Where do I go? We always go to God's word for the final word on any matter of life and practice. Yeah. And that's what it boils down to. You say, okay, well, Brian, that's, that sounds fine. But where do you get that from? Well, we go to passages like 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, where uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, and Paul says, Every writing, all scripture, is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in what is righteous, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so uh, that that's just one one verse there, but uh, also thinking about God's God's word in that it it didn't come from man's uh, imagination. Yeah. Uh, I believe it, the passage is First Peter uh, one twenty one something like that, where where Peter is talking about how uh, God God's word is inspired, and it didn't come about by man's own imagination or his own. Will, but but men of God who are carried along by the Holy Spirit, and God's Spirit spoke to them, and so uh, we think about Scripture as being both inspired by God, it's authored by God, and it's authoritative because it comes from God. They're God's words. So so as we think about the shifting that's taking place in the Catholic Church, where it seems as though their leader is adapting the moorings or the movements of cultural positions as opposed to taking what the Bible says to be true. Yeah. And, and just to, to follow up on that. So then, you know, the, the Bible is actually also complete. Like um, the, in, in, in Revelation 21, it says, don't add any more to it. Don't take any way in anything from it. So it is complete. So here, here's the, the issue that is, I see it is that this, this really isn't an issue of what the Bible says that, uh, this has become more of an issue of you disagreed with the, with the Pope. Mm. And, and so where the, where the priest out of Texas has come back and said, no, this is the historic doctrinal teachings of the church, right. which are based on the word of God. The Pope, has come out and said, uh, don't you go against me, you're out. Yep. And so the, where the discussion should have landed on, but the scripture says, uh, for one man says, but I believe the scripture says, and the other come back and says, this is what I believe. The That's right. So instead of having that debate, it really came out as, as a, um, um, a questioning authority. And if, if, the, if the scripture is true, and it is infallible if it is authoritative, if it really is God-breathed, would God change what he has said in Scripture even to go through his, what the Catholic Church calls their mouthpiece, uh, the, the, the Pope? The, uh, w- w- would, would God change his view on anything on what he's already said 
this is final. Don't add to, don't take away from. And if you start to change your views on that, even if you're the Pope, who's right? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So big <clears throat> movements, Brian, and yeah. and, and they're, they are consequential. Yes. I mean, you think about the millions of, of Catholics worldwide. And, and I think it should be noted, Brian, that uh, that Protestants and Catholics have agreed on issues of life as it relates to abortion. Right. We have we've been in lockstep in terms of of uh, the biblical definition of a, of marriage mm-hmm. between one biological male and one biological female together yep. forever. <clears throat> uh, marriage is for life. Yeah. And so uh, children. Uh, are are to be the product of a marriage union, and so uh, evangelicals, Protestants, Catholics, we've agreed on some of those major institutional positions. And to hear uh, the Catholic uh, Pope uh, seemingly make statements that are beginning to move away from some of those points of agreement certainly catch the eye of not just Catholics, but uh, evangelicals uh, uh, as well. Yeah. So, so so when we're talking about your place in the world, how should you view this? You should, you should view it through the lens of scripture and you should say uh, the final authority, what, what is true according to scripture? And that's what I'm going to live on no matter what a man might say. And this does, to your point, this does have huge ramifications because if if people in the Catholic Church who don't know Scripture just listen to the Pope and what he has most recently been saying, mm-hmm. it can have huge consequential uh, issues in our society, in, right. in the movement of our society, away from the authority of, of the Word of God and what he espouses. So... Uh, what's what's at the end of the day on this? <clears throat> the end of the day is no matter who is speaking, no matter what they say, take it to the background of what does the scripture have to say. And if you don't know, go digging. That's right. See what it has to say. Well said. So, okay. Hey, let's move away and let, let's have a little fun, Brian. Let's talk about what in the world. Brian, uh, uh, you and I, we have the privilege of, of serving with an organization called Capital Ministries, uh, and uh, our, our um, heartbeat is to see uh, political leaders globally come to Christ. Yep. Uh, we are disciple makers within the political uh, realm around the world, and, uh, and it's a privilege to do that. And what's really exciting is how Capital Ministries is expanding globally. And we wanted to carve out just a couple minutes in our show here today to talk about um, uh, your most recent international yeah. trip, which is pretty exciting. Uh, you, uh, you departed uh, the... the uh, um, the, 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 the booming metropolis of Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> and it is, <laughs> and, and departed, uh, for Seoul, South Korea, yeah. and then, uh, spent a little time in Nepal, yep. uh, and then came home. Boy, that, that was a, a pretty big trip. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, yeah, it was. And so we're, we were really glad we've been uh, developing a relationship with a, a couple men over in Seoul, South Korea, and, uh, to po- be potential ministry leaders for our ministry 
ministry. And that just means that they will have weekly exegetical verse by verse Bible studies with those in the political arena. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, it was, it was just great. God really blessed. Um, uh, a soul is, it's not like walking back into a third world, uh, country or anything like that. It was, it was very nice. One interesting thing was, um, we did take a trip up to the DMZ and, um, uh, that is the border, uh, the of, demilitarized zone, <clears throat> right. Of North Korea. And so we were standing on the South Korea border, obviously looking over and just mm-hmm. the vastness. You, you, it, it's, it's probably the first time that I could, I could look and say, look at, uh, the political, What's the word I'm looking for? Consequences? Yeah. Uh, the, how how different people govern, and one offers freedom, the other is dictatorial, mm. and the oppression versus the freedom, it was just, it was so stark right yeah. there. It, and uh, Let me ask you this. Were yeah. you tempted at all to go up to the, to the DMZ and just kind of sneak up and, and like, like, <laughs> s- like stretch your toe over onto uh, the other side and just kind of, just kind of touch and Brian, uh, you, you, you know, you know me that I always, I, I'm, I'm one that enjoys finding kind of where that fence is, you know? And I can tell you without a doubt, no, I was not tempted to do that at all. I like my teeth the way they are. And yeah, for sure. My fingernails too. And then we went up to Nepal and uh, we went to uh, a little town called Lukla, which is kind of the last town before you get the base camp of Mount Everest, spend a little time up there and with the people there. Amazing. The Himalayans. Oh my goodness. I, I wish words could describe, but we, we had a, a, a good time and we, uh, we were able to train leaders from Nepal, from India, from Bhutan and Sri Lanka. Awesome. And, um, and God is doing a great work there and it's going to expand. Well, praise the Lord. Hey, uh, so for our listeners who, uh, listen frequently, uh, for a matter of prayer, uh, Brian and I were gearing up for our capital ministries, uh, ministry leader training conference that we hold biannually in Washington, D.C. later this month at the end of November. Uh, You can be be praying about that conference itself. We're anticipating uh, north of 100 men excuse me, north of 100 men from five different continents uh, present for this training conference. These are, uh, this is a gathering of men who really have a heartbeat for discipling political leaders globally. And so we would ask you to pray, pray that God would uh, raise up funds for these ministries to take place, raise up faithful uh, men who are uh, willing to articulate the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ into a very consequential mission field. So yeah. pray for that. Hey, Brian, uh, uh, for our listeners, if you have, uh, if you want to know more about what we've been talking about, we're going to put put some uh, some links in, in uh, the page here for the, uh, the uh, for the podcast. So go ahead and take a look at that and uh, click on those, and it can take you to some factual uh, talking points of what we've been talking about here today. And, um, hey, it's been great to uh, spend some time with you. I hope you come back and listen to us. And, hey, how about this? Give us a like button. Uh, Click the like button or uh, subscribe. uh, Yeah, subscribe. And and, share. And we like you. Yeah. So come back. Hey, great to have you here. We'll talk to you next time.